you for leaving reviews and following A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine on all podcast streaming platforms, making it the number one go-to podcast for Black creative, marketing, PR, and tech professionals. Season six of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine podcast is fueled by Jet. And for our 100th episode, we're chatting with Dalen Gall, president of Jet. Huge thanks to Jet for being an inspiration to podcasters such as myself and amplifying Black voices and narratives since 1951. Well, now that we've shared a dose of Black joy with you, let's turn things up a notch on today's episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. I always tell people I don't think there's any way to prepare for this podcast. So once once we hit record, <laughs> all right, then, then I'm ready. Well, with that being said, welcome one and all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Yes, the number one podcast for Black marketers and advertising tech, as well as PR. I'm super excited uh, because this is season six, and I cannot believe that we are on the road to having 100 guests or hitting our 100th episode. So with that being said, um, it's truly an honor because it's because of our listeners that we've been able to really have these amazing guests join. And so my guest today, um, man, I definitely want to just say that I know I always say I have a special guest, but I'm excited to have uh, my guest on the show today because I think that they've always been so um, sincere, not only with their overall approach to this industry, but their their thinking, their level of um, being intentional. You know, we have all these buzzwords now that that I think come within certain seasons, but Carl really sticks to it. So. With that being said, welcome to a dose of black joint caffeine. How are you doing? And I'm first off uh, humbled by that introduction and grateful to be here. Um, season six, congratulations to you. Thank you on that. It's uh, no small feat, and I'm excited to be here. You know, I always love our conversations, and I figured this is just an extension of that that more people get to hear. So yeah. I'm excited to be here, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. 100%. Well, you know, part of me starting this podcast, you know, outside of, um, you know, being able to share gems and being able to really share insights about the industry of advertising, marketing, tech, and then also we have the added layer of diversity, equity, and inclusion is to really be able to give you your flowers. So sit back because I'm going to read this entire bio. No, no, no. You don't got to do that. You don't got to do that. <laughs> Come on. I knew I should have sent you the one line bio. No, no. Listen, we're going to do the whole thing. So Carl believes uh, that we all hold more agency than we realize. And I absolutely do agree with that. Whether he's hosting his own podcast, coaching a client, or focusing on organizational transformation, this belief is always at the front and center. And with this belief, Carl founded The Boom List in 2018 to celebrate and highlight creative thinkers of colors across a variety of industries. As the head coach at Homecoming Coaching, he partners with clients to discover their creative process to find action towards their purpose. I think that that is absolutely amazing. So what was the founding of Homecoming Coaching? Oh, you want to get into this now? Okay. Um, the whew, It was part, definitely a reflection of my personal journey as mm -hmm. well. Um, I don't know how much you wanted me to get into this, but my professional career, as I look back on it, has been um, a, a series of paths to try to find my calling. Yeah. Right? Always centered around people and not just like people, but like people there in turn, like how do I help them be more them? right? No matter what role I was in. And it wasn't until about 2019 where I was listening to a podcast from that my friend did and he was talking to his coach. And I was like, yo, it like something hit me. It was like, 
that's the impact I want to have on people, you know? And so I talked to my friend, he introduced me to his coach. Fast forward a few months later, I'm now getting certified in coaching for transformation, um, beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we all know what happened in 2020. So there was a lot of transformation for myself then. Um, and fast forward, I'm going to fast forward to the end of 2022 when I started homecoming coaching. The name had been there for a long time because my journey was about coming home to myself. Oh, nice. Professionally, career. So I was just like, professionally, career, and personally. And so I figured, well, what better way, what better name for my own coaching practice and what I want to do for other people than homecoming? And it has so many different meanings to people, right? Across mm-hmm. different cultures. But for me, it's really about this coming home to yourself so that you can then step out from that place wherever you are. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel like there is a time and place in which you should think about getting a coach? I think that in a lot Mm. of cases, some people almost hit this brick wall and then they say, oh, I need a coach. But if you if I think about coaching, at least from a sports angle, you have a coach from the very beginning. You're not waiting until you're in that conflict. So what what is your thoughts on when people should actually activate a coach? I, I love this question because I actually just had a conversation about this like last week and mm-hmm. I I do agree with you, right? Especially from this, I think in the business world, coaches are often seen as correctionary and disciplinary, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you have a coach, you must be doing something wrong. But I 100% agree with you. I look at more in the sports world. It's like, I have a coach to get better. So yeah. from the moment, like you think about peewee sports, there's a coach. They don't just say, hey, go figure this out six, seven-year-olds, whatever, however yeah. old are. So I 100% agree with you. I think you should, if not thinking about it, be actively trying to understand like what you can use a coach for from the beginning of your career through the entire time. Because you're going to need different coaches at different points in your career, right? That's why there's so many different coaches out there. Mm-hmm. And I will say like one the pushback I got from somebody, and pushback might be a little strong. The discussion we were having was like, well, coaches can be expensive. And if I'm 22 and I'm just starting off, like, how am I going to afford a coach? Honestly, yes. Coaching one-on-one can be expensive. There are ways to get it through your company and also talk to the coach because they might be able to give you a deal of some sort, right? Say it all the time. Don't let price be a barrier because if we, we're a good fit and want to work together, I'll make it work for me. And yeah. if I can't, I will let you know and I'll refer you to somebody else. So yeah. from the beginning, think about a coach because you're right. It's about advancing your skills, right? And you can always be getting better. I mean, think about it, the best sports players in the world have the most coaches. Yep. Why? Because they're always trying to improve some little piece of their game. And we should be doing the same thing in business. I love that. When you think about your life, professionally and personally, who's the best coach you've ever had in your life? Ooh. Um... <laughs> I would say personally it's been my daughter oh nice because she is um as I'm reminded pretty much daily a mirror of me just in a 10 year old body oh that's um, dangerous <laughs> bro you you don't even know I'm like talking to her I'm like I'm just talking to my child self so okay I see how I have to handle this with you and with myself yeah um and then honestly, it's hard to pick one. Like I said, I've had different coaches without them even maybe calling themselves a coach throughout my career, right? So like I've had bosses like Singleton Beato who has been you know multiple roles and definitely played the coach role. I have my current coach mentor right now, um, Jerry Colonna, who is an amazing you know coach and mentor for me. I have peer coaches that I went through my certification with who. Uh, professionally and personally have helped me beyond like my partner she's amazing coaches me all the time so there's different points in time that I've had different coaches for you know I mean I remember my aunt when I first got was getting going to Miami ad school she probably didn't realize how much she coached me just by saying simple things like Carl it's only advertising go out there and enjoy it you know yeah it's been amazing to look back and see how many times I've had a coach sometimes without even realizing it that have helped me improving and move forward. 
I love that. Well, thank you. And like I said, you gave them, you know, their flowers and we're going to continue to give you yours. So Carl- Oh no, we're going, I thought we, we got away from the bio. I thought, I thought this was, that we could just get into the conversation. Listen, it would take, you know, okay, now, you know, out of, out of 98 people, I've had this podcast, I knew it would be one person just to mess me out of my script. Let that be Carl. Carl. <laughs> so sit back and take it. But it's important to mention this because, you know, I know so much about your background and not to say that anybody should ever say, well, how is he qualified to coach? But I think within your bio of you working as a strategist at JWT, as well as translation, and then you running the four A's, you know, um, foundation, which is, you know, MAPE, which we have a lot of individuals from the MAPE community that um, listen to this podcast. You are the vice president of talent initiatives. I think that you've been able to see so many different um, areas of the best way to coach and also HR. Um, how has um, homecoming uh, coaching, without giving away too much of the secret sauce, built scalable processes and procedures in order to help people grow? Is there a secret sauce that's ownable to what you're doing? I mean, the secret sauce is is not so secret. It's, just, it's I believe, one of the tenets of coaching, which is that all the client yeah. Whether it's a person, um, an individual, or a company, the answers are already there. Mm -hmm. And it's the coach's job to help them pull and tease that out, right? That's that's my personal belief on coaching. There are other philosophies on coaching, and other people believe this as well. But the you know, the secret sauce really is not so secret. It's like you have it. Yeah. I'm just here as a coach, right? And I, I actually learned this while running MAID, right? Because I would talk to a lot of folks that was like, you know, I don't know what to do. And you just ask them questions. And all of a sudden they're like, well, if I do this and this. And he was like, well, yeah, I didn't. Then they'd be like, thank you so much. You helped. And I'm like, I, I just asked you a question. I didn't do anything. You, you, yeah, you yeah. said it all. And yeah. I still say that to clients today. When they're like, oh, my goodness, when you said this, you know, that really stuck with me. I'm like, but you, you said that. Mm. I just repeated it back to you. So everything is there. And it just takes... You know, that's why coaching is so amazing because you can do a coach approach as a leader, as a mentor, as a manager, right? Um, and that's what I think is so amazing about it. Like the secret sauce is actually here for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if I needed coaching and yeah. I would say, what what would be my approach to, to that? Do I just come up and say, hey, Carl, I want you to be my coach. Um, <laughs> or is it, whoa, 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 wait a minute to do one <laughs> let's see what I'm signing up here for, you know, um, yeah. what does it look like to make sure that it's also a mutual fit? Yeah. I mean, that you said it right there. It has to be a mutual fit. Mm -hmm. I've had folks approach me because I'm a black man and, who worked in advertising and say, well, I'm a black man. You're a black man. We should coach. Yeah. Each other. You should coach me. And, you know, after sitting down with them and trying to see where and what this relationship could be, great people but it might be like hey actually right now you're not ready for me as a coach or my coaching you actually need a different style of coaching you need to think about these sorts of things to see if this sort of coaching is is what you need right now right because you said it it's about the relationship and we could be good friends we could have a great chemistry but if there's there's something about the coaching relationship that it has to be there or else you're going to miss the mark with the kind of work that we want to do. So if you're like, I need a coach, the best thing to do is go talk to a coach yeah. and say, Hey, I'm interested in coaching. What kind of coaching do you do? What is this? That? Like I've talked to people and I said, Hey, listen, I don't think you're ready for this. I have some other folks that I think, you know, you might be a better fit for. You should go talk to them, but do your research, understand all the different types of coaching. Right. Um, and under, and I guess the question is like, where and what do you need a coach for? Yeah. Right. It's productivity because I need to, you know, get a better schedule. That's not, don't come to me. That's not me. <laughs> right. That's somebody else, though. Yeah. 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 You know, but I think, again, again, what I do is I go to ask you, like, well, what do you actually want a coach for? Let's start there because I can, you know, and there's a difference between a coach and a mentor mm -hmm. or an advisor or a sponsor. Right. So we can talk through that, but you got to understand what you want a coach for. Nice, nice. Are you ready for that? Yeah, and are you ready for that? So, I mean, if you, if you, I can give you my website, dude. And you can, <laughs> we can, we can try to work something out. 
I need a different type of coaching. You're not ready for me, Carl. Carl, you're like, a dude, get off of my Zoom screen. <laughs> but, uh, but in saying that, um, no, I'm I'm super proud of you with the coaching and also the consulting. And um, because I've always looked at you, um, and I haven't, I never even shared this with you as an educator first. That's what I've always looked at you as like first. Not marketer, HR. That is just like somebody that is a educator because of the way that you spoke and the conversations that we would have. Um, to that standpoint, even well, let me at- let me just tell you that means a lot to me because, and I really appreciate you saying that because I was recently asked by my coaching mentors like like how do you view your like what you want to do within coaching, and one of the first things I said was teach. Like mm-hmm. I want to teach people about, and I've always loved to teach. I used to teach um, taekwondo in college. Like I was so excited to get my black belt so I could actually just keep teaching and getting it back. So I really that means a lot to me, and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that that's even at the forefront or that's that's like the foundation of MAPE, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's mentorship and education and teaching. Um, but in saying that, um, I also know that you are a graduate of Harvard and you mentioned Miami Ad School. I wanted to get your POV on um, education as it stands right now, because there's recently been a lot of conversation to come up about the financial burden, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with Gen Z realizing that, hey, this actually is going to cost a ton. And we've seen millennials that are struggling far too long. I don't want to go to college. Do you still think that academia from like a traditional standpoint, it's it's still very, very uh, important? Well, um, I think the overall, well, first let me, because of my, I have family members in academia and I'm just saying, okay, nothing, okay. nothing against them. Yes, <laughs> I, yes, I work, yes. I work um, but you know. I mean, I, I do, listen, I teach at Miami at school now. So I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah no, but so, and I also have a 10 year old daughter who, so these questions are, you know, on my mind all the time. Like I think about when I went to Harvard and shout out to my parents for just, doing what they did to make sure that, you know, none of their kids had undergraduate debt. Cause I'm looking now when I went to Harvard, I think it was like 40 grand mm-hmm. a year. I was talking to one of a dad friend and there's one of his kids going to college and it's 80 grand. And I'm sure there's some that are higher than that a year. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. And I'm constantly as a father looking at it, like, is this worth it? Like what is actually happening? Like, what did I get out of it? Granted it was in a different time versus what I think my daughter could get out of it. I always, always think education is worth it if it's worth it to you, mm-hmm. right? Now more than ever, I think people have to weigh that cost. Like how much debt do I want based on what job I can get for that, right? What do you get out of the education, right? Because is it a trade where it's very technical and specific mm-hmm. to what you're going to do? Like you can't learn how to be a doctor from YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you need to go to medical school and do that. So it's very much worth it. I went through this actually when I started in advertising. I literally remember being in the waiting room of JWT. Well, now uh, what is it, Walter Thompson? No. Yeah, some yeah. It's one of those things. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wonderman Thompson. Yeah. Um, and literally looking at a magazine that says like, because I was thinking about going back to school, get my MBA. It's like, our MBA is worth it. And this was back in like '07. Right. So this has been a conversation, you know, for a long time. Absolutely. I, I I think something has to change because generations, you know, I'm a as um as Taylor Yarborough once called me and probably still does, uh, an AARP millennial. Oh right? God. I'm on that <laughs> that that early end of millennial. Yeah. Right? And I have a a sister who's you know 10 years younger than me, so she's on the other end of that millennial and we grew up completely different yeah and I think about like what is it worth what can we get out of it but something has to change because I look at my daughter I'm like she is doing great in school and loves school but also is learning a lot in other places mm-hmm. and will have skills that I never had before she even graduates like middle school and gets into high school you know and there are professions now where you don't need a college degree. So the question I think is really for the academic institutions: like, what are we? What are you doing for the people you want to pay all this money for to go there? And again, if it's personally worth it to you, go for it, do it. But educationalists, and we did that, we had this at MAPE where there's a disconnect between what was being taught in the classroom and what was happening in real life. How do we bridge that gap? I think yeah. 
you know, there are schools out there that are trying to do it, but I know that educational institutions move slowly. Um, but I, I do, I'm always up. There's so many different ways to learn. My dad always said to me, study every day. And of course, in high school and college, that meant one thing. And now I've taken that to be something different, right? Where it's like, I got to always study what's happening around me in society and culture and understand how I then want to move through it, mm-hmm. right? And I decided not to get my MBA. I decided to go to Miami Ad School instead. Yeah. Much cheaper. But for me, it gave me what I needed was that hands-on experience that, you know, you know, that skill building in a very short, quick amount of time to go off and then get start my career. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. That's the perfect way to put it. You know what I mean? Is that you have to almost identify the curriculum for yourself and then identify different lessons and schools and programs that you want to participate in. And, um, I've, I've seen it, you know, just firsthand. I'm not going to mention any schools, but even from a lot of portfolio students um, that are aspiring to at different schools to where before I look up, it's like, they're like, oh yeah, dude, I'm, I'm actually leaving. This is my last quarter. And I'm like, wait, you didn't finish the whole, they're like, I can't afford it. Can't afford I, it. I got yeah. what I needed to get. And, um, you know, look out, look out for me at happy hours, which I might've went to a couple with you, but uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here or there. Um, you mentioned the word culture, which is one of my favorite words. And I think that you have been in the thick of so many different uh, programs, you know, related to culture. And there's this term for the culture. One of my good friends, I don't know if you know Marcus Collins, but he actually- I, I, work, I work with Marcus at Translation. I knew yeah. that. Look at that. Well, I got his book right behind I, me. I can, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Nice, nice placement. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Shout, so shout out to, hey, Marcus, cut me the check, okay? Look at me here. <laughs> There's the associate marketing link, but we need that. I I know, right? Cut the check. But what I love about his book is that um, it's made me realize so many different things that are missing from culture, like, you know, just in general that are no longer here. If you had to give a dose of anything to the people listening for the culture, what would you like to give people a dose of? Ooh, dose of for the culture. No. I need more of you all for the culture, Mm. right? Tying it back to homecoming. I need you all for the culture. You are the culture, Mm -hmm. right? Culture shifts, it changes, it moves, it grows. Like we are the culture. So I just need more of us every day. Yeah, every day in it. I like that. I'll take that for sure. You know, Carl, by the time that this episode will have aired, we'll either be in the thick of Black Music Month and or leaving it. If you mm. were stranded on a deserted island and you only had three Black music artists that you could have the entire discography for, which three Black music artists would you select? Oh, my goodness. Um, see, I knew I, I knew there was something I should have prepared for this. You should have told me this was going to be the question. <laughs> no way. Because... There's no way to prepare for I mean, just who you feel? Okay, the the first person that came to mind and his his entire discography has got me through so much is Usher. Okay. Oh, nice. That's a, you know, born in the 80s, come up in the 90s, early 2000s, high school, college. Um, I remember listening, listening to that, driving from Connecticut where my parents live up back to Harvard. And it was like, I could listen to like the whole album twice and be there. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those memories. Um, I mean, that's some strong, that's, that's good. Like I said, you get the entire discography. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a quite, quite a and my yeah. one. And... Yeah. Um, you know, even some of his other stuff he did later, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. It's good for, good for all, all sorts of, of uh, vibes. I mean, my favorite Usher song is crazy. It's a deep cut, but it's Here I Stand. Oh, okay. See, I know it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so that's that's one. Um, got. Uh, man, I think the next one that came was Prince. You know, just the range. I mean, who knows how deep that discography goes? You're always discovering something new and this and just the range and the, the man. It's just amazing. Um, man. How much time we got? Because I might need to think this for a minute, <laughs> you got man. It. You got it. One oh. more. I like that. Usher, Prince. I mean, those are those are that's that's a strong collection there. That's that's it a is. lot. It is. I'm trying. I don't. You know. I mean, is it is it bold to say? Can we do another episode and I'll come up with a third? 
okay, okay. <laughs> okay, then we'll let you have it. I think that that's, I think that that's, no, I think that that's pretty fair. Um, so within your current role, I mean, I know that you're doing coaching. You come from a background where, you know, not only were you a, an executive for diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm sure that that's included within your current role that you're doing right now. But my question to you is, have you noticed any trends, uh, you know, this year um, within the industry that you have found to be very topical or even trends that you're diving, you know, deep into? You know, it's, it's interesting now being a consultant. So like not working at a company doing this work because the trends I see are going to be more holistic and very much focused on kind of the consultant work, right? Um, but I think holistically, just over my career, we're in another kind of one of those, it's called a snapback where the pendulum swings back, right? Like 2020, we went way here as, you know, just an industry and in multiple industries, just pouring money and effort and jobs into, you know, the DEI space. And, you know, I remember even last year being like, listen, I feel something coming. I feel it coming back because things have just started to speed up like when I first started in this work it's like every like seven to ten years you've had this like something that happened big increase and then it would slow down over you know the next seven to ten years now it's like three yeah yeah you know, three years starting to see it so so you're saying that you're saying that ultimately things are moving faster is that what you're trying to get at or? Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying things are moving the cycle is happening faster gotcha and it has you know, than it has in the past. So from the wave of 2020 and everything that happened there and people making pledges and putting money in and building jobs, that's all quickly, as we all know, starting to come back, right? And as a consultant now, definitely feeling that as far as like, hey, my budget got cut. Hey, we're moving this over here, right? That's something in economics is happening in the economy. So there's a lot of that. But when I actually drill down to what I've been talking to clients, what I've been seeing, it's, it's actually, you know, I'm actually kind of happy about this is people who are just in this stepping back, let's say like financially to actually figure out what they need and want, because they don't, they still want to do the work, but they mm -hmm. want, they don't have as much, you know, maybe as resources or people. So they have to be very focused. Mm -hmm. So I have seen a lot of companies really starting to ask those questions, be more intentional about what do, and actually we want to do here that actually can make an impact, not just spread money around and you know like throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks it's like we're actually taking the time to be intentional yeah with their work right and that i think is going to be important because you should always be intentional especially with this work and not just try to say we're going to try to you know fix everything that's wrong systemically with not just our company but this whole nation yeah. right they're starting to boil it back and say like, okay, what's the one thing that we can do now that's going to have an impact? And let's do that. Yeah. Let's keep it forward. And that's from the people I've been talking to. And I've been talking to mostly smaller agencies, people who are kind of like, this is my first time doing it. So really need help in figuring out and being strategic about it. Um, that's one thing I have noticed, but from my, my perspective. I think that that's like, I think that's huge because I mean, if I'm hearing you right and correctly, I think there's there's almost this um, acceptance of smaller agencies and or even brands kind of saying like, hey, this is what I'm working with, because you do have some brands that feel like, mm -hmm. which trust me, I believe 100% in like equity and that you should always lead from a monetary standpoint. I don't care what's happening like that's who I am. But it feels like are you saying that it's oh, okay, it's not the right word, but that there should be more of an open conversation of being transparent when you're a smaller agency and a brand kind of saying, this is what I'm working with instead of automatically thinking like, hey, we don't have the financial dollars to support this and our budget got cut. So let's not even begin the conversation. Are you still saying that, you know, that the conversation yeah. happened? Okay. The conversation is still happening, which is great, right? Because there are, I mean, if you're a small 40 person ad agency, yeah. ever going to compete with a Google or a Meta, you know, as far as dollars are concerned. Yeah. So it's understanding, well, if I don't have, and that's not like I'm not putting any money in, but if I don't have the, you know, let's say even some like large holding company dollars or big agency money, 
I can still do something, right? I don't have to say, well, I can't do anything back to, you know, the old ways. It's like, I can still do something and finding out what that is, even if it's less money, maybe it's more people time. Maybe it's just more, I'm changing my policies to get ready for when things, you know, come back and I have the money to go out and recruit and, and hire folks and change things that way. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at all the ways. And I think people are just like, if I don't have the money, they're instead of saying, well, I'm not going to do it. They're saying, well, what can I do? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's beautiful. And I hope everyone listening will really ask that question to Carl, because that is a good place to start. Now, I think going through your bio and we won't go back to it. I think I've spared you. Yeah, I love, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. You're like going through the bio and like mixing it into the conversation so seamlessly. <laughs> hey, it's like, see, hey, hey, you know, it's, that's my secret sauce. All right. Welcome, is, to, welcome to a dose of black joy and caffeine. That's why, you know, it's, it's just, it's like liquid. It's like the drink. It that is. I love it. Keep going. But, you know, the word pivot, I think, within 2020 just constantly came up and everyone was acting like it was this new word. But I think that you kind of really, you know, been able to navigate through your career at different points where you have made that jump. Um, what What's the main kind of thing that you always considered throughout your career when it came to, like, pivoting in certain directions, um, mainly creating those, like, fo focus points for you? I know that's probably a very um there, there's many angles to like what what but is there yeah. a through line of when you realize okay I think it's time for me to go so here's here's the thing I'm gonna be honest and transparent sometimes I didn't listen to that voice and the universe decided for me okay so I was listening um to a talk um between Robin Johnson and Jonathan Jackson recently and Jonathan Jackson was talking about wait Jonathan Jackson of Blavity yeah oh he's oh on this God. season oh yeah yeah yes all right good good so make um, sure you all check out that episode definitely um he was talking about the art of quitting and going through just like all the ways you know when you should quit this and I started thinking I'm like wait a minute let me just tally how many times I've quit a job or been in this let's just say fired for because there's no really way about it, no matter how many companies try to sugarcoat it. And I've actually been fired from more jobs than I quit. And I look back at those jobs and actually worked through it after the most recent time with, with my therapist. And he said to me, he was like, why do you keep taking jobs that you don't really want? Mm. I was like, oh, that's a good question. And so there were some, some moments in my career where I pivoted because I was like, I'm just so unhappy. I got to get out of here. And there are some moments when I was just like, oh, I'm comfortable with this. I'm not really feeling it. Or I know it's time to move on. And I stayed longer. And then the universe was like, time to go. Like, for instance, the boom list. I started that in 2018. That got me fired. And I already knew that I would, didn't want to actually be in that role anymore. When current role. So sometimes I didn't listen. Right. Because I actually wasn't sure of what was the best move in the best situation for me, even if it might be uncomfortable and hard at the time. Right. Leaving a job, putting a job. Um, it's never easy. Right. Yeah. So like when I left RGA, that was easy because I was so done with I was so done with the stress and the um, pressure. And it was just a, it did a number on my mental health. And I couldn't go on anymore. Mm. I never wanted to get to that point again where I had to make that sort of decision. So I've learned from whether I've pivoted myself or whether I was pivoted by the universe yeah. to, again, try to better understand and where and what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing to make my own pivots, which is, again, why I was like, took a lot of time between um, after Netflix to be like, what do you actually want to do? Don't just rush into another job like you usually do. What what is the next pivot you want to make? And to be honest, it wasn't a pivot because I'd actually been working up to this because I yeah. started the coaching back in 2020. So by 20, the end of 2022 came when I started homecoming coaching. It actually wasn't a pivot. It was just a it was like the second step on the path to my purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've always 
I mean, not to discredit how um, you've now crystallized what you're doing, because it definitely makes sense and beautiful, beautiful website, by the way. And, you know, like I dived into everything, but you at the core have always been doing this, you know? That's, yes. Um, so. And I love, don't get me wrong. I loved at the time, like there was something about each one of the jobs that I had, like starting way back at JWT, right? Why did I get into strategy? Because I love learning about people, what makes them tick, what makes them think, makes them decide what they do. That is still very true. Fast forward all the way to now to homecoming coaching. It's why I do homecoming coaching. Yeah. I yeah. do the coaching that I do. Yeah. Right. It's why when I approach the consulting work in DEI, it's actually more about how do I create a space for a person in, let's just say, a, a DEI role or, you know, someone in the company to succeed? Because it's about, them overall mm -hmm. right so everything goes back i love what you said to like the core of what i i didn't realize it at the time how it would manifest in a career but why i went to mape was because to help people who look like me on their journey into advertising mm -hmm. right? so i started working at the four a's when i went to rga it was the same thing it was like okay i need a different path i want to help people in agencies right going to netflix was all about coaching and you know, helping leaders kind of be more inclusive. So it's yeah. always there, that through line. I just didn't know it until you said it right now. So thanks for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, please. Carl is a smart man. He knew it. He's just being humble. But yeah, we'll take it. You're not fooling me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in order to make those pivots and do everything that you have been doing to date, I think that um, it's it shows that you're like super aware, I think, of yourself. You're super aware of the times that we're living in. You're super aware of where you want to go, like, you know, through your journey. I'm a firm believer that we all build a foundation and we all come from, you know, certain homes. But if you had to rebuild your foundation today, and I gave you three building blocks, and on each block, you had to put one word to build your mm -hmm. new foundation, what word would you put on each one of those blocks? Wow. Um, and I love this. I'm going to give you three this time. I'm not going to get, get out of it. But because I love this because I had a very, and this is also a part of homecoming coaching, the origins of it. I had a very vivid dream. Um, must have been 2021 about, uh, it's about, it's about the blueprints and the foundations and the building of a home. Mm -hmm. Right. And I actually was like running around this unbuilt home looking for a room I didn't know what room I was looking for I didn't know what was in it but I was looking for something and I was looking for this room and I kept finding blueprints and the blueprints like there was a great house but it wasn't my name at the bottom of the blueprints so who made this so I finally found this room I busted it open and in there was this locked box opened it up it was blueprints with my name on it hmm. I had to like it, for me it was a kind of representation of like having built a life controlled by something else right for somebody else that wasn't my own and finding it now and opening blueprints like oh hey now I have it now yeah. I have the blueprints to build my own life so I love this question um because that it resonates with me because of that dream that I had um so the first word that came uh to me for this, these three building bricks um, was love. Yeah. And it just, like, it's, I've personally, I've had to understand my own definition of love and what love is and what love means and how to give and receive it. And without that, you know, I, I couldn't build a career or a personal life. Um, the second word is faith, mm -hmm. all right, e to be able to build the life I want professionally and personally had to have a lot of faith that I, in myself, yeah. in the universe, in things that I don't understand, right? Because this is hard. It's not easy to kind of go against your programming right like step out of the matrix and build something that is solely true to you that others might not understand and probably won't understand maybe never will understand yeah 
And so to have that faith, you need it to keep going, to keep moving forward, to taking those steps. Um, and the, the other word, I think, so I said love, faith, and connection. Okay. And that's connection to, um, could be a spiritual connection. It could be connection to other people. It's connection to things that are just bigger than you and more than you and outside of you because those connections bring so much into your life and then allow you to give give so much so much back and I think that was I learned a lot about that especially as most of us did during the pandemic where I made some of my closest friends in 2020 having never met any of them in person wow I was able to go to I had the opportunity to go to and I did go to Egypt last year for a wedding of someone that I had never met in person could only met over zoom but the bonds and connections we made like you can make connections via the screen it's not always not the best yeah yeah. right but if you are open to it and you embrace it like I've made some amazing friends you know through that time through a very difficult time that have allowed me also to then come back and reopen new connections reopen connections I already had in different ways right create stronger bonds um to people already knew so i think those what did i say love faith and connection yep there you go and that is going to lead you on for the rest of your journey uh so that's that's exciting to know yeah one of the things like i said we call this show a dose of black joy and caffeine and i Mm -hmm. think one thing that brings myself as well as all my listeners a ton of joy is vacation what was the last great vacation that you went on um oh the last great vacation I went on was the summer of 2022 that was the whole summer like okay, okay. Not, I like that's the when I went to Egypt I went to Monaco and the south of France I went to Vegas for my birthday I went to LA I was in Martha's Vineyard like I was <laughs> that was the last great vacation because that was the time between Netflix and when I started homecoming coaching like yeah. I took a proper vacation when I say that I mean like a long time. Yes, I remember that because I got an email reply from you that was even telling me that at that time because I had emailed you about something and it and the response was like, "I'm on sabbatical." <laughs> yes, so sabbatical is, is the is the long vacation. Yeah, right? but and I do think that you know the idea of vacation. Um, but I love that because you set boundaries even then and there, so that was awesome. yeah. So I think that's part of like, again, how we need to redefine the vacation for ourselves is what does that actually mean, right? And I took that to heart when I was like, oh, I need to, I need a true vacation. I mean, I need to get away mm-hmm. and I need to not be in contact with, you know, anyone outside emergencies. I need to focus on kind of rejuvenation. Yeah. Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on vacation and I needed vacation from the vacation. Right. Like I felt more stress coming back to work. Yeah. Vacation because it wasn't a true like disconnect and true rejuvenation, true rest. Right. And so, it, so a vacation could be, hey, I'm actually just going to go for the day into the woods and hike. Right. I'm just going to go to the beach and sit for the day. Right. I don't, I don't care what your vacation is, as long as it is a true like rest, rejuvenate, you know, yourself, your energy, your spirit, whatever you need, right? Because I, I had this conversation with someone that was like, well, you know, I just like to, how I rest is just like Netflix and chill, you know, I'm just going to go chill out. And I'm like, okay, fair. Like, but are you really taking the time to actually like replenish yourself? Or are you just escaping from something and zoning out? Whatever your answer is, if it's true to yourself, great. <laughs> <laughs> but also think about like what really fills you back up. Yeah. Right. Because filling yourself back up, like for me, sometimes feeling what fills me up is going to go go-karting. Mm. Right. It could be um, taking my remote control car out. And depending on the mood I'm in, it's either the fast one or it's the slower one. Right. And just give me something that brings me joy. Yeah. Right. It's something that fills me back up. Now, that could be sleeping for somebody. I could be just like, I just need to go to the most beautiful place in the world and just sleep for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Do you. Yeah. Right? 
that's it. I might need to ride an ATV or something else. Who knows? But just really figure out what actually fills you back up. Cause that might not be sleeping for seven days. That might actually be other things. And that's, yeah. that to me is a true vacation. I love that. And I, it's crazy to even say this for myself, but like exercising and literally like running long distance, it yeah. up, you know, while it's draining and I'm going to be tired after I go on, you know, that 12 mile run, it's still going to like fill me up. So I, I, I agree with you finding that thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, that could change that running used to be, so it's interesting running used to fill me up, but it also used to be an escape. Hmm. Right. So I used to get a lot of joy from it, but I also used it as an escape. I don't run a lot. I don't run at all anymore. Right? <laughs> so I had to find different things, but I used to run a lot and that used to be yeah. a little bit of both. So yeah, find that thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. My, my running days are, you know, almost limited. I mean, I would say right now I got the Maxwell knees, you know, I'm able to, uh, you know, really just make sure that, you know, I'm dancing and I'm, I'm up there, you know, doing everything, but I know it's, it's, it's going to end pretty soon. Um, so man, we dived into so much of your bio and so many of the amazing things that you did. And I think that through everything, through you coaching, um, you also have held, like I said, an executive role as, um, a DE&I, uh, executive. Can you give people a peek behind the curtain of things that you sometimes say to yourself, I wish people knew blank? What is that thing within the DEI space when it comes oh. to executives that you constantly hear yourself in your head, maybe not saying out loud, I wish people knew this? Oh, man. Um, so much is funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I I wish people knew how hard this role actually is. And not just the work you do in the office, but the mental and emotional work you do for people and for yourself. Mm. These roles, and this is actually... I think I know this is why a lot of how I approach my and consulting is actually with companies that are starting this because building these positions in ways that help folks in them succeed yeah. is so important to me because I was one of those people once who yeah. started off in that position and was like, wait, I don't have a budget. Uh, uh, wait, what? I can't hire anybody. Like I had to figure out what, where my power was right like I remember being in the role and someone being like you haven't done anything because you haven't hired anyone in the creative department and I'm like you first you don't understand my job right and you understand all the nuances and intricacies that having this sort of role I didn't even when yeah. I took that role right I had to learn on the go and there's more to these jobs than I think most people know. So that's why, again, in 2020, you saw a lot of people go from, I'm passionate about DEI, and all of a sudden now I'm a practitioner of DEI. And that switch, there needs to be a master class on that, on like what it actually means to be, I'm passionate about it, but now I'm going to do this for a living, and I'm doing it within a business, and I'm doing it in, you know, with different um, constituents, right? Like, I got different communities that now look to me to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I also have different department leads. I have different regions. And if you're global, whew, talk about the nuances for this sort of role, right? And so, and I understand, this is why I talk about the mental and emotional um, work you have to do, because you also have to understand that if someone comes to you and says like, hey, I'm having this issue X, Y, and Z, help me. You have to hold that and be compassionate about that and also know what you can and cannot do for that person, Yeah. right? In a role where you're the person, the only person with that job, with that title, you're fighting your own battles, you're taking care of this, and now you got other people. So like, there's a lot. And I can't even get into some of the wild stuff I heard, not just from, you know, white people in the companies but from black people from other people of color from this i used to like someone once told me that in this role i'm like black jesus i have to fix everyone's problem <laughs> yeah. i 
told that to someone the other day and he's like, yeah, I do agree it's black Jesus, but it's mostly because you get crucified all the time mm. for everything, right? Yeah, so you have two different perceptions of what you're there for, right? And the perception, I, I really wish that people would talk to their DNI leads about what they do and understand a little more before they come to say, you're not doing enough. Or what are you doing? You haven't done X, Y, and Z, because you said it earlier, right? These roles, I believe, don't actually have a lot of power. The power they have is in the influence they have over the people who actually sign, uh, you know, the job um, agreements and contracts, right? Yeah. I can't, as a DNI leader, I can't hire anyone in the creative department. I can hopefully influence someone that they need to make changes, do that, right? And of course, it varies job, but it's, I wish people knew how difficult and taxing these jobs are and would hold the same compassion that we in these roles hold for them when they have their troubles and issues for us as well. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, little by little, I think that it's up to us to educate people. And now people do know, you know, <laughs> you're saying you're that. Right. You're right. Great thing. And I think, it's, right. you know, to share more because um, I, I even kind of caught myself at that crossroad to where, um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. And then I realized I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, I can't. I said, I, I said, I, I can't do it. And I think that you do have some people that they want to. Um, they want to play a, a role in being impactful and driving results in the DEI space. But then there's a whole nother thing when you take on that position mm -hmm. that I don't think is talked about enough with so many people that are currently executives. So I appreciate yeah. you behind the curtain. Yeah. I mean, let like I would anyone who's we're a company with a DNI lead, what is it? Wednesday? That was Thursday. Month yeah. no, Monday's a holiday. Next week at some well, point. When, when whenever this airs. <laughs> Whenever the, oh yeah, whenever this airs, well, it's it's Thursday now. I don't know when this is gonna air. Whatever day it is that it airs, the next day, yeah. And if it's a Friday, do it on a Monday. Yeah. Just reach out to your DNI lead and ask them what support they need. Yeah, yeah. I love you know, it. they might not have an answer. They might not know, but it's nice to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we can do it more often for sure. Hundred percent they're they're advocating for so many different individuals on so many different levels so yeah. i am with you oh well we have not even covered everything that i had here people <laughs> but um with that being said what is next i mean what's what's next for you um i know that's a very broad question but are you working on anything are you yeah it's good. no it's a great it's a it's actually homecoming coaching what's yeah what's I mean, I'm working on, you know, as a, as a solopreneur, I'm working on everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, again, you're talking about pivots, every like launch homecoming coaching, and I'm already pivoting some things as I figure out what's going on. So homecoming coaching, my consulting are still there. I think the one thing that I'm, you know, and now that I'm going to say it out here and speak uh -oh. it in existence, I'm <laughs> exclusive exclusive i love it i love oh, it oh no exclusive to the uh, show. i need my ratings to go up so i'm all <laughs> um one thing that i am uh actively working on and figuring out how it can be most impactful now is to bring back the boom list in a certain way took a little hiatus during the pandemic um and i you know okay here we go let's just say it the, what I'm looking to do with the boom list is still continue the list part, but really dive more into the stories of creative thinkers of color, their stories, what they're up to this. We had a, we had an event in February of 2020 and highlighting a couple of folks and like, and I was, it went so well. And I was like, we're going to do more of this. We're going to put these people on stages and make sure they can tell their stories. And then everything happened. So yeah. I'm now thinking like, since that was so, powerful for me and, and the feedback I got, I'm like, how can I bring that back through the boom list? Um, so I'm, I'm really working on like what that looks like, what it is to bring it back in a, in a way that I think will be uh, very beneficial for where we are today. I love that. So keep, keep your eyes out for, for what's happened to the boom list. 
Yes. I mean, keep it going. I will say like firsthand, the overall, like at least the aesthetic and the branding of it, I think is amazing. That's just me and my, my, listen, uh, I, my I had superficial, great, uh, creative not superficial. Uh, listen, that, that I shout out to, uh, Jesse McGuire and the folks over at Thought Matter for really coming through with just a, a brand look feel that I could have never dreamed of because that's just not how my <laughs> works. But they killed it and uh, actually do owe Jesse a call to 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 kind of talk more about what we can do. But they they killed it, so um, I'm sure they'll love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, with the list, for a lot of people that aren't familiar, one of the things you mentioned is that you pull no punches. What did you mean by that? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's part... It, it did sound very Carl, but what did yeah. you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the initial um, thought behind that was it was a space for you know, us as creative thinkers of color to come together and not have to think about, you know, what we're saying, not have to code, not have to be like, oh, this, no, we're here in our space and we can say what we feel, what we mean, what we believe without having to worry about like anything else, right? And so it's, it's also being, you know, from, I think from a, my own personal is being real with, you know, whether it's companies or other, you know, certain people, like this is not, going to fly like you can't do this that way because it doesn't resonate doesn't work it's can it's harmful yeah, yeah. Ways, right it's one reason like i was so like i'd be if i ever do take you know sponsors or money from companies i have to be very careful about who and what and really dive into how and what they're they're doing out there in the world because once they associate with something like the boom list that means something you know very yeah. real yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for not only the people on the list, but the people who look at the list, but the people who are creative thinkers of color, even if they're not on the list, right? And so pulling no punches means like, you just got to say it how it is and, uh, you know, be be real. I love it. I love that. Well, listen, for those of you listening, make sure you check that out. We will have our eyes wide open and um, you can check things out at theboomlist.co and um, if anything, just submit your email address um and um await what will happen next yeah. oh man carl this was amazing thank you so much for joining uh the podcast any final words from yourself oh man you know what i as a as a fellow podcast host being i prefer being on the host side and asking the questions <laughs> than the being on this side um but now I, I feel a lot more compassion and empathy for the folks i have been interviewing <laughs> now. i don't know if that's a good one to say what does that say about me it means you ask great you ask great questions and you're a great host and it you know you get people thinking you get you get me challenging myself right here really diving deep um I mean, I think I'm just going to repeat and reiterate something I said before, you know, truly you, both you do and all the listeners out there, you have it all in you. And so whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you have, like dig deep inside, get some support to do that because it's there. And oftentimes we are scared of our own power, of our own selves. We've been programmed to be scared, to subdue it, right? But it's there. And so tap in, learn, find your way to tap in to that and then let it all out. Let it all out. Well, listen, we will take that. Thank you. Thank you again for joining. Um, I Thank appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. And um, also, too, make sure you all check out Jonathan Jackson's episode. You know, that's uh, going to be uh, amazing. So check that one out. But if anything, thank you all for listening. As always, stay safe, drink a ton of water, and remember that you, my friend, deserve a dose of Black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am Adu. Black joy